want you to listen. Then what? Share it. The Melbourne Youth and Social Workers Group and the Knowledge on Tick podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of this land, the Boonarong and Wurundjeri people, their elders past and present. We would like to acknowledge and pay respects to the land, her children and our families. We would like all of us to show respect for each other, Mother Nature and the creatures on the land and the sea. Hey everyone, the Melbourne Youth and Social Work Facebook group would like to welcome you to the Knowledge on Tick podcast. We are Josh and Nat and we will be your co-hosts for the potty. Knowledge on Tick is a podcast offering real-life conversations and insights every week with workers in the field covering a range of topics surrounding the youth and social work world. We are so grateful to have you here and happy listening. Before we get into this week's episode with Jeremy, we'd like to take the opportunity to promote a couple of programs that he's been working on. The first is a traditional martial art that helps build respect, connection to heritage and community. They have three schools. The first one is an original one that's in Frankston, one in Hopper's Crossing and a new one in Bayswater. And they are open to all ages, genders and backgrounds. Another program is a men's mental well-being group that has been running online over the past few months and they meet every fortnight. But coming up, they'll be meeting every two months. The group's currently closed during the holidays, but they'll be recommencing in early February. If you're interested in checking out any of the programs, we'll put links in the show notes. Thanks and enjoy the show. <laughs> All right, welcome back to another episode of Knowledge on Tick. I am Josh. And I'm Nat. And we're back after COVID. We are. We made the it. The rebirth. Yeah, season two. <laughs> Jeremy's <laughs> our first guest. Yay! Um, awesome. So this week we are joined by Jeremy. Kilda. Um, yeah, Kilda. Uh, Tutahira, uh, Kamehia to Kakurua, uh, Kamehia to Ki Temanafinu or Tene Wahi, uh, Nati Muimuya, uh, Nati Bunurong, Nati Wurundjeri, uh, Nati Wathrong, Mira, uh, Iwi Katong, a calling nations, uh, tenant to me, Kiarato, uh, Ko Jeremy Nikura Ho, uh, Ko Nati Manipoto, Ko Nati Poro, uh, Oku Iwi, uh, Ko Earl Payaki Nikura, Ko Hariata, Koreke, Toku, Matua, Ko, yeah, He Urio Nazi, um, or Altiaro, Tina Koto, Tina Koto, Kiratato Kato. Um, Kira guys, uh, thank you very much for uh, inviting me in. Um, so I just, um, just for those uh, that they want to know what I was talking about, um, you know, I wasn't just making it all up, uh, having a bit of a laugh, um, but I, I just uh, introduced myself, uh, in the Maori language, um, Paid uh, my respects to um, the, the 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 tribal, um, the First Nations people of this land uh, here in Nam, and um, and just introduce some of my um, tribes uh, and my my parents uh, as kind of customary to um, um, to the traditions of our of our culture. Um, I think the the beauty of it is that you know when you're in a room of of different people uh, when you introduce yourself you never know what kind of connection you're going to make so that's one of the, the customs of um of our um of our maori people so yeah so thank you very much thank for uh, awesome. inviting me in yeah thank Woo. you jeremy it actually we're going to start with the questions but i i think i wanted to share this and i haven't been able to think about where to share it but this is actually perfect uh thank you very much for explaining um what mm. you said uh 
So I was watching an episode. It's it's on Foxtel at the moment. It's called um, The Shop, and it's LeBron James and then a friend of his who's like a business guy, and they were having a conversation about culture, black culture, American culture, um, and the First Nations people of America. And uh, Seth Rogen was on, who's Canadian, mm-hmm. and they were talking about it. Yeah, he's Canadian. I did not know that. Yeah. And so he explained, because uh, they were talking about culture and like the traditional owners of the land, this sort of stuff. And he said that he was at a, um, like a theatre or something. And at the start of the, um, the play or whatever it was he was there to see, there was a voiceover that acknowledged the traditional owners of the land. And wow. all the other guys, the American guys, were like, what? They were blown away. Wow. Like they couldn't believe it. They were like, this is, that, it was unheard of to them. Yeah. And I just love that that's become second nature for us the, in yeah, Australia that yeah. we acknowledge the traditional owners of our land and also people um, like yourself, Jeremy, sharing from, from where you're from and, and then explaining that to people that it's so, uh, yeah, like commonplace here that we do yeah. that. Um, and for people from other countries. And what I thought is interesting is we've had a few downloads of our podcast from people from other countries. Mm-hmm. Um, not really sure how, but that's yeah. pretty cool. <laughs> that um, cool. And we welcome yeah. that, obviously. But wow. for people that do do hear that in other countries, uh, it's it's pretty cool that we that we do that here, and it's um, like a really commonly done thing. Mm. So I thought it was just super interesting that they like, could not believe. Yeah. What's it called? Top Shop. It's called the Shop. Oh, uh, the, shop. the concept is Top a. Shop's a shop. <laughs> uh, it's called Top the Shop. shop. Uh, the concept <laughs> is that they're in a barbershop and how right. the tra- you know, traditional oh, yep. barbershop in America, the black barbershops, it's yeah. the, the, you get your hair cut, but you're sitting there talking. Yeah. You yeah. know, stuff for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And they, it's actually kind of funny because some of the dudes are getting their hair cut and that sort of stuff. So, yeah, yeah it's a pretty cool concept. And they got lots of famous people in there, which was really interesting and some really cool awesome. conversations. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to add that in. I think it's really really cool. Yeah. Thank you very much for sharing. Yeah, that. thank you. Yeah, yeah, I think it's I think it's awesome because it's um, it's just making it normal. And mm. I think yeah. the more we, we normalise it, then then obviously, um, you know, it's it's part of that empowering process for First Nations people. But it just makes it it takes a little bit of the, um, the, the scariness out of it for others from our our community because then mm. we can explain it and then you know by explaining it then we're sharing that that knowledge as well. So yeah. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so we start off every podcast with five questions. And yep. what we're calling this is like season two because we're back after COVID and we've decided to change the questions. So yep. you're our first recorded guest to, to go through the new five questions. Cool. So yeah. thank Ooh, you for awesome. that. Um, the first one is season what two. was your first ever job? Uh, first ever job. Um, so other than like school holiday jobs, which I had to go do fencing and forestry stuff with my dad. Um, my first real job, uh, I guess I would have been in the produce section of Woolworths. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. We had a real cool, we were like the produce guys and, you know, we had this thing against, you know, the guys in the bakery. And I was going to ask yeah. that actually, because I, <laughs> yeah. so one of my, well, my first, um, sort of consistent job was at a supermarket and the same thing, the produce guys were the cool guys. Like you wanted to chill with <laughs> yeah. the dudes in produce. You didn't want to hang out with the guys stacking shelves. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. It must be a bit it's of a, funny, yeah. of a thing in supermarkets. Yeah. And that was like back in the eighties. So, you know, I know I look 21, but <laughs> that might just astound you that I'm, I was actually around then. So yeah. I love it. Yeah. Was that in, uh, in New Zealand or here? Yeah. Yeah. New Zealand. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Grew up in New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, capital of New Zealand called Gisborne. Um, for, for the New Zealanders, <laughs> they're going to be going, that's not the capital. That's not the capital. Yeah, <laughs> no. Felt like the capital, but yeah, it's a little, <laughs> little, little seaside town on the North Island, north coast of the North Island, yeah, northeast. Nice. Awesome. Yeah. How old were you when you moved to Australia? Uh, actually, well, the first time um, was ninety eight, ninety nine. 
uh, thereabouts, um, and I would have been twenty-five <laughs> something. Um, yeah, audio, yeah, obviously very young. There. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bit of static there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I came across for a little bit, then I went overseas, um, did a little bit of ticket touring around Europe, and then came back here uh, mid two thousand and one. Okay. Um, so I went over to um, was living in Sydney for a little while, and then um, my wife and I at the time. Uh, moved down here in 2008 because okay. yeah, awesome. she was a Melbourne girl so I had heaps of family down here so we moved down here yeah. Yeah, cool yeah mm. that's awesome alright uh, serious question for you cool. if you were a WWE wrestler what would be your walkout song whoa uh, big question you know my nephew actually is a wrestler um, oh, he actually does wrestling here in um, um, over in uh, Roval that's Roval, uh, Fenchu Kelly, something. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, right. Um, so he's at PCYC. PCYC. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I think that's the name of it. Anyway, but yeah. Um, you know what? Uh, intro music, I reckon. Um, I would have, actually, I would have to say probably Back in Black, ACDC. Ah. Um, yeah, uh, only because, I mean, we grew up ACDC. I was a mad ACDC fan yeah. back in the day. Um, yeah, yeah, but they, I think um, they had some. Um, they had the the boys on. I think it was either Channel Seven because they've just released um, uh, a new a new track. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. It's easy. Yeah, who'd have guessed? Yeah, yeah right. they're still going out. <laughs> they're having a rebirth. They're still as screeching well. away. So yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, Back in Black, one yeah, of all nice. type tracks. Yeah. All time my albums too. I think actually I think that's one of the most one of the highest selling albums in history. Yeah. Back right. in Black, ACDCs. Uh, well, I mean, Probably. You know, there's a few of them, but mm. yeah, sure. it's right up there. So. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. yeah, awesome. Wouldn't be shocked by that. Good workout song, I like that. That is. That is. I'm panicking yeah. about thinking about mine. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, if you had to change careers, what would you do? Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Um, something cool like uh, jet fighter pilot or, <laughs> you know, um, astronaut. I, re- I reckon if we're going to go like change a career, let's go all the way. Yeah. 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 I nice. reckon. Whole yeah. opposite. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, 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 yeah. In many ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. I um actually have been watching heaps of space things. My partner loves space things and yeah, yeah. those things. I'm not normally that into it to be honest. It's yeah, really, I really struggle to comprehend a lot of the stuff. Anyway. Yeah, I'm a sci-fi um, fan from way back, so it's all good. Yeah. So I was actually watching something about um like astronauts going into space and how they just like functionally do their day-to-day things like eating and showering yeah, and yeah. getting around uh, the ship and i was like fuck that looks pretty cool yeah <laughs> yeah yeah right. and, and then it yeah. said how long they had to go up in space literally to, to then come back down and things took like six months i'm like oh but jesus I didn't, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't think this through but yeah it's a big commitment yeah, yeah. <laughs> it'll be huge yeah. yeah but think of the laser guns that you could shoot like when they eventually did develop them I mean, yeah i'm I a big star wars fan from, yeah. Yeah, from way back so that's yeah. right up your alley. That's yeah. perfect career yeah. change. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, could you tell us about a time at work that you've made a mistake and what have you learned from it? Ooh, wow. Yeah, which one should I take? <laughs> um, I, I actually uh, probably, uh, when I left school, I'll probably use this one. When I left school, because it's pretty deep, it'll make me sound really smart. Um, <laughs> when I left school, I went into the Navy. Ah. Um, went into the Navy and... Um, and uh, I remember this one time, uh, we got we learnt heaps of really tough lessons in, in basic training. But one time we um, uh, we had this um, PT instructor um, who 
And I don't know why the Navy, I don't know whether they drew short straws, but their cost, their uniforms were white, right? So right. white shoes, white laces, white um, PT clothes, shirts, shorts. Um, and you had to keep everything super, super clean, all right? Mm. So, um, out. yeah, so, <laughs> you know, there was a lot of sad soap stuff, you know, scrubbing. But anyway, one day before we started our, our, um, our class for the day, um, this that we had one particular guy who used to like to play mind games with us. So um, he was he'd go down the line and check you know, uniform, and then um, one day he he pointed to my shoes, and I knew my shoes were pretty like I was pretty clean, very good at cleaning, and um, he said, um, Nakora, do you think those shoes are clean enough? And you know, for a split second there, I was like, I was just really, and you can't look down, you meant like. You know, and I was like a you know deer in the headlights, and I um, and I said, no, PT, they're not. And then and then he said, and he laughed, cracked up, and he goes, I thought they were amazing, but since you don't think so, down, give me fifty push-ups. Oh no! So you know, so he had to drop, and it was just it was just one thing that stayed with me my whole life. I was like, from that point on, um, the lesson I learned from that was you know always be just confident, always yeah. just. You know, no matter what you think other people are thinking, just, yeah, yeah sell it. So, um, Don't yeah. Don't let someone cool. external pressure you into that. Yeah, yeah, just, but yeah, back yourself. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's been one thing that always stuck with me all the way since then. So, yeah. What no. stuck with me is that I couldn't do 50 push-ups if there was a gun <laughs> held to my head. <laughs> oh, oh, don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> we, yeah. such a struggle yeah. for me. Uh, yeah, we I've been watching the SAS show, so like they keep yeah. making them do things like that at yes. the moment. I was or like, about that. They were jumping in and out of like frozen cold water yeah, last yeah. night when I watched and I was mm. like, Oh no! Yeah, it's it's a staple on our TV at the moment. Yeah, Mondays yeah. and Tuesdays. Yeah, yeah. Really, I love mm. it. I love that kind of stuff. So yeah, physical challenges and things. So I've been watching it as well. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I really, I really like the um, star. At yeah, first I was yeah. Like, dickheads, and then, and then yeah. I was like, no, I love yeah. him. I love him. Mm. It's yeah. all a part of a game. It is cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some of them are. Uh, I, I like Foxy, the one that's kind of got the little. Got like a little, little like his lip kind of goes a little yeah, funny, yeah, but he's yeah. quite, he's quite. Um, I think he's quite compassionate, yeah. Whilst being quite stern, where a couple yeah. of others are just like a bit rough, yeah, yeah. But Ant Middleton's great. Like, have you seen any of the other things that he's done? No, no. yeah, he's done quite a few TV things. Um, he did one which was really interesting called uh, the um, uh, it's the the Blimey on the Bounty. There was like a no the. Oh, God. Do you want some thinking music? Blimey <laughs> yeah, blind me on the bouncing. It's the one where there was uh, um, they were all on the ship and they were travelling from Australia and they all had a disagreement and then they they had to get off the ship and then they rode like it's a true story. Um, I just if I remember if I could remember the name you would um as a, from, as in like Beckham Captain Cook's yeah, time. Oh yeah yeah, yeah mutiny yeah. mutiny, mutiny on, the on the bounty. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And there was like a, a sailor, a doctor, a teacher yeah. and they were on this little ship yeah. and they traveled like a really crazy distance. Yeah. Um and they recreated it with uh so he was the sailor and then yeah. they got a teacher and a doctor and they recreated this. Wow. Um yeah. Christian and Christian Anderson it. was the, the okay. guy who led the mutiny, yeah. Right. So that's I'm showing my age. I'm very smart for a twenty one year old, <laughs> obviously a history buff. Heavily yeah. <laughs> yeah, researched. Mr. Christian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But um but yeah, it was really, really cool. Really, really cool. But he's done the SAS thing uh in England um with uh without celebrities, just regular folk. Right. But it's very similar to the the English SAS one that they do. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. I love it. He's got yeah. a story too though, like he left the army, he ended up he went to jail for a little while because he beat up a couple of police officers when he was oh, drunk wow. one night. 
so he's, he went to jail, he got out of jail, he sort of, yeah, wow. keeps sort of yeah. pushing forward. He's got a book I think would be super interesting to wow, read. Wow, we can mm. have to read it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Off topic, that's how we go on the podcast. We though. do, mm. we digress. The last one is what are your self-care strategies and do you think you implement them well? Yeah, you know, um, that's a, it's a really interesting one. Um, I think, you know, when we first, and you guys would be the same, you know, when we first get into this kind of um, career, you know, you want to save everybody. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, um, you know, self-care is like just this thing that, you know, you, no, I'm all good. I can do everything that I want and, and um, not look after myself. And, and I think, you know, after time, um, you know, I've kind of been doing this kind of stuff for about uh, eight, maybe nine years. Mm. Um, and, you know, after a, a few years, you start to figure out, you know, actually maybe you know i need to actually start looking after myself as well so i I, um because i've been doing it for a little while i um have some really like their personal ones um i have have some really cool strategies i I, um naturally uh, do a lot of fitness so um that tends to be my my go-to when i want to release stuff Mm. um and and getting on the water um i'm a water baby we grew up on the on the beach and um, yeah, I live down in Frankston right on the beach as well. So that's kind of my go-to when I need to um, physically just, you know, release some stuff and look after myself. But um, uh, also we've got, um, you know, I guess cultural strategies that we use as well. Um, you know, we're from a, from a Maori cultural perspective, we're um, um, really close to the environment and, and the water again for me is, is a way of, of um, getting in there and, and actually Doing some little, um, I guess, processes to, to help you know, help myself, cleanse myself, you know, spiritually and emotionally. So, yes, yeah, so I've got the physical stuff down packed, and I've got the cultural stuff, which is my kind of backup. Yeah. Um, yeah. So those are my go-to's. Uh, I'm pretty, yeah. I've got it. I've pretty much got it down packed now, um, mm. but it, it, it does take practice, and um, especially when different situations like COVID's been totally out of the ballpark for everybody. So. We've had to really adjust and, and think about different ways, but um, just being really, really mindful about, you know, looking after ourselves. So, yeah. yeah You're right. And I think you hit the nail on the head that you don't always get it right the first time. Yeah. And that's okay. It's okay to try a self-care strategy and that might not be for you. You know, yeah. like I think what I'd, I'd be, oh, I'm going to go and do some yoga at home or something. It's probably not going to work for Josh. Yeah, If yeah. Josh starts doing yoga to try and distress, I yeah. think it's... <laughs> Don't give up. Way more stressful for me to try yoga, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> My mind might be clear, but I'll have like injuries and stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's and vice so... versa if I came to do Muay Thai. Yeah, uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> well, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're the same. I'm the same. Um, we actually got into more yoga um, this last seven months than I've probably ever done before. And it was good, but, you know, it's uh, just totally awkward in terms of trying to get flexibility. Again, too many injuries. Mm. But, um, yeah, <laughs> it's, and sometimes the voices can annoy me. So, um, yeah. Now relax. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm fucking relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your voices make me Anyway, cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we wanted to share something funny with you. So, yeah. Um, as you know, we went to see um, Rob, your friend Rob speak, um, oh, yep. his shop road presentation, mm. yeah. which we love. Um, but when we got there, there was like a large Pacifica community there. Yeah. There was a few mm. yeah, non-Pacifica people, Nat and I being a couple of them. Yeah. yeah. And, um, <laughs> a small few. A small few, which was totally fine oh, by yeah. us. But um, 
you started, you opened the presentation mm. with, a, um, I guess, like a Maldi yeah, uh, greeting, greeting yeah. Yeah. which was quite long. And then yeah. there was some singing as well. Mm. Yeah. And then Nat turned around and she goes, hey, imagine if the whole thing like wasn't in, in English and we had no idea before we got there and we had to like sit <laughs> yeah, through it. And I was like, like oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> and then Rob came out and then he started speaking English. I was like, oh, fuck. Because part of me did think like, I didn't really research it. We kind of just like you know yeah. knew it was on and we went along yeah yeah um, but super beautiful introduction and the singing mm. with all ladies and stuff there as well was awesome yeah. so um but what an amazing how, how did uh, how did you become involved mm. and maybe if you could give some um context because some people might yeah, not know different. what we're talking about yeah um yeah that'd be awesome to explain that yeah it probably goes actually it probably goes back um maybe three or four years so um, so we, I'm really heavily involved in, in cultural uh, activities, multicultural activities here in Melbourne. Um, and going through our performing, so we do performing arts, um, so haka, um, you know, those kind of traditional songs and dances. Uh, and we also run a traditional martial art uh, um, a weaponry um, school. Uh, and so what has been kind of like a driving thing for me is, is how do we... Um, how do we get a lot of the knowledge back home um, over here? Because we've got a massive community, uh, many that have been here for like 30 or 40 years have a real disconnection. Um, you know, young, young people that are grown, born and bred here, yeah. that, that, you know, they kind of want to have that identity or they want to connect, but they still don't really know. Mm. Um, so for me, the, a big passion for mine is, is, of mine has been, um, you know, finding knowledge and resources back home and actually bringing them over. Mm. Um, so we've we've done it a few times, um, and Rob was just uh, probably our fourth or fifth um, person that I kind of you know reached out to to actually come across. And uh, a lot of the times, you know, it's um uh, I can be fairly persistent. <laughs> um, you know, it's like hey, you know, email or message them or whatever it is, and you don't know me but you know we've got this real cool community buzz where that's happening over here and you know got Maldives trying to learn how to be Maldives and all that kind of stuff so um you know and I, I'm just you know I'm kind of like that annoying little mm-hmm. poke in the ribs sort of person um and and you know we've been really fortunate we've had um a number of different people come across that have had some really amazing um uh oh what's the word um initiatives and they've just you know been able to leave those um knowledge bases here mm. um so rob was just another one and, and it really um um the the mental health the well-being um that started becoming um it's been around for a long time but um i i there were two reasons why it started affecting me personally because um obviously i've i've got three children i've got two my 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 big babies i call them uh, 25 and a uh, 24 and a 21 year old uh 20 yeah um, and um, and then the boss who's just about to turn nine. Um, yeah. So he's here with me in, in Melbourne. And, you know, I, I, there were some personal reasons around, you know, um, just the pressures of being a father and, and, you know, trying to navigate that space of, you know, I wanted to be a real good role model um, and balancing out the stuff that I was doing in the community with my son mm. and my youngest son. Um, and then... Um, over the last couple of years, we've just been smashed by um, by suicides in our community. Mm. Um, and he, uh, I didn't know him beforehand, but I and I'd kind of heard of, I'd seen him in some of the um, shows and stuff that he'd done um, prior to the Shop Bro concept. Mm. Um, but then, you know, I just um, just heard about uh, the the work that he was doing, and I just reached out to him. And again, it was like, hey, 
hey, uh, you don't know me, but, you know, you might know my cousins or, you know, and, stuff, yeah. and it actually turned out he did know my cousins. But, um, <laughs> yeah, and I said, hey, do you want to come over? Um, and, you know, there's obviously costs and stuff associated to that. So we just reached out um, um, to a couple of groups. Um, we got some community sponsorship through community groups and uh, managed to bring him over. Um, and he come over with his cousin, who was his, his um, sound technician, but also his, his emotional kind of supports. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and they, um, um, we just booked in, and that, like, it was really busy that week, but I wanted to make sure that we, we really um, got as much out of them as we could. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah, so he ran the three shows, and we had a big full-day um, workshop on the, on the Saturday um, they flew in on the Saturday, on the Sunday um, prior, um, stayed with us. Uh, and then um, in between the days or the the evening community shows, you know, I, I was taking them over to schools and uh, we went out to um, one of the prisons that we were doing stuff with mm. and we met some of the prisoners out there and they were able to just get a real feel for the community. Mm. Uh, and it was amazing. Um, so... His and his and you guys saw the show it, mm. and we, I, we'd never seen it ourselves. So oh, wow. it was a real, oh, wow. um, yeah. The, and I, I went to, obviously I went to all the different shows that he had that week. But um, but the first night you're like, whoa. And then, you know, just the way he uh, engaged and the way he explained um, his process of going from just this real meltdown, the suicidal meltdown. Um, for those of you who haven't seen it, um, he tried to commit suicide by acting crazy so the, the police would shoot him mm. um and they did but thankfully they they didn't um shoot him fatally uh and then from that point just his road to recovery how he you know turned his life around realized you know what had made him uh, got him to that point and then and that was in 2010 so he's been doing that for 10 years mm. yeah and this developed this road show where he's just been out advocating um, working in prisons working in you know defense force and just uh, you know, community just to try and help people. And, and you know, he says it himself. He says, you know, I'm not uh, a trained psychologist. I'm just trying to um, explain my journey. Um, and if it resonates with, with someone, then it, that in itself gives them the power to then start their journey themselves. So, Absolutely. yeah, yeah, it was beautiful. And then, um, yeah, so it was, uh, but, but you know, we were, we were so lucky. Um, they flew in on the... Uh, I think it was like the 29th of February, um, had the shows throughout that first week of March, flew out on the 8th of March, and then the week later we uh, we started going into lockdown, well, not lockdown, but... Restricted. You know, yeah, restrictions started coming through mm. and the talk around COVID became a lot much more serious. So mm. we were really fortunate to get him in because, you know, as you guys would know, you know mental wellness um, through this time is just um, mental... Yeah, health has just really been impacted um, in our community because we're really we we do operate on that real strong cultural village mentality. Mm. The isolation has been really really tough. You know, we're naturally huggers. You yeah. know, we're naturally loving people, and to not be able to do that um, with with our close family has been you know I mean it's tough for everybody, but you know when you operate on that you know you see everybody and you have that real connection emotionally and physically it was. Yeah, really hard. So, um, but we were so blessed to have just squeezed them in before everything shut down. Yeah. Yeah. Or um, even for them to get stuck here or for something. Yeah, sure yeah, yeah, exactly. gone wrong yeah. with borders or whatever else. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It was amazing. I really enjoyed mm. it. And I'm, 
I'm thinking of a particular exact like um Rob was actually so engaging. It was phenomenal the job yeah. that he did and, and mm. the night itself. But um when you were just mentioning about the work that he you did the um, prison visit here, but he'd mentioned I think um in discussions around some of the work that he was doing in prisons over there. Yeah. And he told that story about um the burly bloke in a group that he was <laughs> yeah. running and I was literally crying because mm. I I think it's really f- interesting to hear from my perspective, going into a prison as a young female was quite a daunting experience. I think it's really nice to hear that from other people, particularly yeah. someone, you know, like Rob, who seems like a pretty confident person, who yeah. seems like, you know, he's pretty happy to entertain a crowd and get up in front of a group of people. It was actually really nice to sit and go, oh, you know, everybody's just fucking human beings, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm actually crapping my undies, seeing <laughs> this big six foot seven, you know, guy that's probably, you know, he didn't say he was tattooed, but, you know, he's a big big guy that could probably yeah break him in half so is that gonna go off yeah yeah sorry they've just set the alarm on us oh that's right <laughs> i'll just run down and set it off we had a near miss someone set the alarm on us uh, natalie put a sprint on her exercise <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and uh, put your body on the line for the podcast <laughs> and um turn the alarm off just in time um Jeremy, you touched on earlier that you were in the Navy at one point and now you're working with young people in the community. How did, how did you get from the Navy to here? <laughs> you know what? That's a, really, it's a funny, it's a funny one. I, um, and I, I guess it goes back to, um, you know, that, that, uh, conversation about, you know, young people don't always know what they're, what they really wanted to. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and I was the same. Uh, I got out of the Navy and then, um, kind of just, uh, floundered around a little bit, did a couple of little jobs here and there. I actually, and much to my shame, uh, I did door knocking um, <laughs> for one at one stage. Uh, I left um, the Navy and was just kind of cruising and then I saw this ad in this paper going, hey, free travel around New Zealand. Um, <laughs> nice. Sales with selling, da-da-da, we pay for all your accommodation. And um, all, all we had to do was, you know, sell these um, $1,500 education packs, you know, to... Um, to, to families um, but yeah so they you know they you'd go as a group um, you know they'd um, put you up in accommodation and then you know you do the whole sales speech and the you know the script and you go knock on doors and then basically book appointments for the for the real sales guy um, to come back later on in the day and um, that was uh, it was a learning experience um, that I never want to repeat so <laughs> Uh, and it, but, but you know it was funny and you know how to how to um, eat off nothing because we mm. weren't making any commission but um, yeah so that was that was one thing and then I kind of um, um, got into warehousing and uh, worked for a outdoor clothing company back home and then um, ended up kind of going through the warehouse into doing some customer service stuff mm. um, and then um, yeah just kind of stayed in the customer service and then that that came into turned into sales. And then started selling stuff. So uh, after the Navy, I think probably for about a good 15, 20 years, um, till about, yeah, actually even till I, I moved down to Melbourne, I was selling stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, sold, you know, everything from mobile phones to um, uh, white goods to internet security, mortgages. Yeah, wow. uh, yeah. So, we and you know, the funny thing is, like, I was absolutely no good at selling, <laughs> absolutely not. Are but, you sure though? Yeah, yeah, but 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 I was very good at making relationships. So, yeah. Um, okay. So that kind of cut my teeth, and yeah. and you know, and I guess the community stuff that I do now, and 
um i always look back at it it was funny because um uh, i was here i was working for um um pacific brands um that's all right i'm sure i can mention their name um yeah but um pacific brands and they um sold like hard yakka and king g and all the you know the bonds and stuff like that so uh, i was working for them and then um had moved down here didn't know anybody uh, other than my family and then uh, started playing rugby for powerhouse and then uh, a few of the boys um uh one of the, the guys had um seen this job for the melbourne rebels ah and it was um 2013 thereabouts yeah 2013 end of 2012 and um it was for a they, they were starting this new concept it was called access rugby and um, what they were wanting to do was um, they'd been given some funding by the state government to engage um, the Pacific Island community but also the Aboriginal community as well mm. and uh, it was around employment um, but I guess the, the the balance out for that for the rebels being involved was they actually wanted to try and increase their numbers as well mm-hmm. uh, and because I'd sort of been in the community playing rugby and um, uh, but I'd been selling so it was the first kind of um, step into um, I guess paid community stuff. I'd done mm. some volunteer stuff, um, but but an actual career. Uh, and it was funny that I still remember, and I, I laugh about it. I talk about it all the time in different presentations. But the, the one of the meetings um, that I had um, with uh, my two bosses uh, at the time, and if you just imagine, you know, a couple of big front rowers um, sitting around a coffee table. I was in the front row at the time, so and they're just you know talking about. Um, you know, this is what we need to do. We need to get X amount of jobs within a two-year period. Um, you know, do you reckon you could do it? And I was, yeah, I'd just come out. So I was like, yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, and we sort of signed on the line and I got the job. And, um, you know, it was real. It was a real first for the Rebels. And they were still quite a new team then too um, to get into kind of the community, um, the social justice community stuff. Um you know, but but they had no they they had no networks or anything set up yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that it had taken a while for them to actually recruit and get someone into that role. Um, and so, by the time I actually started, I had about six weeks before my first, uh, yeah, our first funding um, uh, payment or our first target goal was had to be achieved. So, uh, and it actually started the project had actually started officially about probably about six to eight weeks before then. And and I just had this real recollection of just sitting in the car going, what the hell am I doing? Because, you know, they were like, okay, you need to get this amount of people. You've got six weeks to actually get it. And by the way, we don't have any jobs and we don't have any people. So uh, <laughs> here's, you your, here's your keys, you know, off you go. And <laughs> I was just sitting there going, what have I done? You know, and then I thought, okay, all right, cool. And so it was just like this real Benny, Benny Hill um, music, you know, I don't know if everybody remembers Benny Hill, but he was this real... Anyway, but um, but he's just got that circus music. It's like yeah. do, 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 do. at the end of Benny Hill, there was all this. He'd always get chased by, by real fast um people, you know. And it was like do, 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 do. anyway, and that was me. That was me for about six weeks of just going out to people, saying you know, hey, give me your kids. You know, went out to obviously I went out to the Maori community first. Like, hey, give me your kids. I can get them jobs, and you know, parents would be like, oh, well, yeah, what kind of jobs you got? I was like, I don't have jobs yet. I just need your kids. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'd be going out door knocking to businesses that were, and obviously rugby. So I went all the rugby connections first. I said, hey, I've got, you know, I need jobs. And they'd be like, what kind of candidates you got? I said, I don't have any yet. Just trust me. Give me a job and I'll get someone there. Um, and I just remember on the last day before our first um, target was due, I got 
my I had to get five, um, and then that gave us another you know little bit of funding to get us through to the next quarter. And um, it was it was lucky that I just you know just you know had come from that used car salesman background um, and could just talk my way out of things. So um, yeah, and still you know that 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 example from that PT in the Navy saying, oh, are those shoes clean enough? I was like, mm. yeah, yeah, they're clean. So, <laughs> yeah, um, I'll find the jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll you find the jobs. You bring the kids, I'll make it happen. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so once we got those first five and then that just gave me a little bit of extra time just to then stop driving around crazy, you know, crying and, mm. um, you know, relax a little bit. So, yeah, and then because, you know, it was a pretty much a, a – a clean slate that we started with um, blank canvas uh, I was able to really create an awesome networks and then you know when I left there um, those networks sort of followed me so mm. yeah crazy times crazy times and so I don't know much about I'm pretty useless with <laughs> rugby it's okay are the rebels big like a big deal now is that a really naive comment? No. And unfortunately, they're not a big deal still. Well, I thought since I'm in the presence of two people that could probably answer my question, it's a good time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I don't want to offend any of my old Rebels friends. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, oh, look, you know, it's it's a, it's a been a, it's a hard competition, mm. um, you know, in a hard region of the world where, you know, mm. rugby is the, you know, New Zealand, um, you got um, South Africa, you know, Argentinians. Um, mm. You know, there's, there's some quality rugby teams even in Australia so mm. you know it's a hard hard competition to come into um, you know they probably and they've had some some highs and uh, but I, I don't know whether they've um, you know really reached where they w- would have wanted to be by now but mm. yeah um, but that's you know it doesn't mean that you know the passion behind the team and the players that they've had in there mm. they've had some awesome staff and coaching so mm. yeah and and again you know we you look at it um, you know we're in AFL mm. um, you know the capital of AFL here, so it's a really um, tough market to yeah. have a professional yeah. sports team in. Absolutely. Absolutely. We had uh, five Rebels in the Wallaby squad this yeah, year, yeah. which is good. Yeah. yeah, And they've they've had a few uh, local people yeah. go through, Boys come which through. I think is good, That's you know, yeah. like, yeah, like some yeah. local Melbourne players where... Yeah, yeah, Jordan, I think, um, yeah. Jordan, his um, hooker, um, they yeah. had a couple of, actually had a couple come through. Yeah, yeah. Shawnee... Um, uh, Tupolotu, I don't. He wasn't in the Wallabies this year, but he has been up there. So yeah, there's some awesome products coming through. Yeah, they really yeah. do. I think um, they integrate well in like community rugby in Melbourne, mm. yeah. um, and you know, spending time at local clubs and some of the players that are in the full the the full, the first team for Melbourne then go and play in the local competitions. Yeah, um, okay. which is good. So I think that's sort of exposing like Melbourne rugby yeah. to. Yeah, which I think that's probably probably where my naive question came from. To be honest, I know that there's you know there's rugby and then there's rugby league and then mm. there's rugby union and yeah, um, you know I I I grew up just watching the AFL and I don't yeah. watch that yeah, religiously yeah. in the slightest. But I, what I find really funny about the community the community sector is that every program that I've referred a young person to, there's maybe been one footy affiliated program, but most of it's rugby. Yeah, the first the first sort of community-based, and particularly cultural, but um, community sort of based sports programs, it's always rugby. So that's mm. why I'm always really, I'm always intrigued and I'm, it's probably a question that I often think of when those programs mm. come about, but yeah. I'm like, I just don't know enough about sort of the, the community side of the sport, but then the, the broader mm. sport itself. So that's, yeah. that's why I asked. Well, yeah. I think you, you, you're best to answer this, Jeremy, but from, because I played rugby in high school and then I played a couple of years 
after high school for Endeavour Hills. Oh, yeah. Until yeah. I realised right. that I couldn't... Like, high school rugby and playing, like, club rugby is completely different. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I lasted a couple of seasons and then gave it away. But what I loved is that uh, I felt that the community atmosphere at um, the rugby training, mm. for example, mm. um, mainly by, like, the Maldi and Pacifica community mm. was just something that was I hadn't really seen anywhere else. Like, you would be training and you'd see all the little kids and they'd all be running around together. And then a lot of the ladies, they were all sitting around talking. Mm. And then all of the, mm. the men and the dads would all sit on the side of the hill and they'd be sitting around talking as well. Where I feel like, and I haven't spent a lot of time around football clubs, but it's not quite like that. I think there's elements of that, um, but, but I feel like it's, it's, it's thicker mm. in a rugby club environment. And I feel like that's probably the culture of, of like the, the Maldi and Pacifica people. Yeah. Um, at the club. But yeah. yeah, what do you think, Jeff? No, yeah, no, 100%. Um, you know, they, they, they are like, and again, goes back to that village con concept. Mm. Um, you know, they are um, part of the community. And, and you know, because there's such a positive um, outlet for a lot of our young people, you know, parents will naturally take them down there to, to be a part of that um, positive environment. Um, you know, with more and more pressures around social media and different different things that can take, you know, young people off on a different tangent, you know, the sports out, especially rugby is just, and I mean, you look at the physicality of the game, it's just, you know, it was almost like it was, it was, you know, created just for Polynesians, just because <laughs> of their, their size, you know, and that would have been a, that would have been an interesting, um, when you said Endeavour Hills, I thought, oh mate, that would have been interesting playing yeah. Endeavour Hills, because yeah, there wouldn't have been very many Aussies playing for that club. No, nah, not too yeah. many at all. No, I played on the wing, so as far away from yep. the big boys as possible. <laughs> yep. And yeah. people used to make a joke like, oh, you're real quick. I'm like, yeah, because I don't want to, <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't yeah. really want to get tackled yeah. by, by those guys. So yeah, yeah, yeah. this works well for me. Um, and I'm yeah. a terrible footy player, I'm like terrible, terrible. Yeah. But I grew up in Sydney, so... Oh, yeah. I'm a bit of a mixed bag because, yeah, I love rugby, grew up in Sydney, yeah. follow the swans in the footies, but I, and I love footy, um, but I sort of brought that with me back to Melbourne and, and, and yeah, played played in high school and played for a little bit and, like, yeah, go to the, as many Rebels games as I can. Probably yeah. go to more rugby games than I do footy games and, yeah, so I don't know, a bit of a mixed bag, but um, I like that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's good. I love the game. I think it's an awesome game and, um, you know, working at uh, working at Parkville for so long, yeah. it, was a, it was a really great tool for me to use not only um like rugby knowledge but mm. we would play touch rugby a lot um yeah. there and some of the kids especially like the polynesian kids like you know like well who's this guy like, yeah yeah hey, yeah because i you know still got a little bit of a step and i understand yeah. the game and i could referee and it, they would kind of looked at me like they were trying to compute like what's this like tall skinny white guy <laughs> you know yeah. it doesn't look like he should know rugby at all yeah. but i kind of understand it and so it was really cool to be able to have those conversations yeah. and yeah, the yeah. Um, good banter and, and, you know, when the the league was on and the state of origin, there was always yeah. those conversations that were happening, which was cool. Yeah. yeah. And it's good to have, you know, just, yeah, it's good to have that little uh, wild card up your sleeve to, yeah. you know, have that engagement with, yeah. especially our community kids, you know, they can yeah. be pretty hard, pretty hard nuts to crack. Um, but yeah, if you got a good step and you can talk the, the <laughs> rugby lingo, they'll be like, whoa, this guy's actually pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah, that's uh, what he's talking about. Yeah. And I'd be like, is that rugby union? Yeah. <laughs> 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 I need to do some funny. rugby oh. research. It's actually embarrassing because I've been to two rugby games, but I couldn't, which is actually more games of AFL than I've seen <laughs> oh, in yeah. person. But I, I can't, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Who I watched yeah, play, yeah. or I'll have to ask. You Mark. went to the Rebels. Did I? Yeah, we talked about it. You went oh. to the Rebels game with Mark. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, yeah. the Rebels. Yeah. Okay, That's but okay. even watching it, I was yeah. like, "It's fucking cool, but footy." 
It is cool. It's a cool game. Yeah. I think the part of footy that I like is when it gets a bit rough and there's some punch on. So I think the rugby for me, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> get him. Yeah. It's a funny one because there, there's what there's the quote. It's a a hooligans game played by yeah. gentlemen yeah. because rugby is very like you call a referee sir. You don't talk back. Yeah. It's, it's a it's a posh game like the. Like the biggest game in New Zealand with high school is the two, it's King's College and yeah. St. Joseph's Kings or something. So, yeah, it's yeah. like, they're like, yep. it's the prestigious schools that play. Right. Uh, same mm. in England. And the grammar schools here play rugby in Melbourne. They play rugby on a Saturday. Mm. Uh, but your local high schools and, and that sort of stuff, they don't play. But it's like, it's a... Yeah. Um, and then, the, so yeah, it's a, a hooligans ca- game played by gentlemen. And then they say um, soccer is a gentleman's game played by hooligans, hooligans because yeah. they don't touch, you know, there's no fit residual contact, but you see all the fights and the stands and people yeah. setting off flares and causing problems. Yeah. Or so like screaming funny. at referees or. Yeah. 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 So yeah, yeah. Where in rugby, you know, you, you, you have to respect the referee. And so it's a really, yeah, it's a really interesting concept. And the same, you know, same with, with rugby league, um, you know, both games just physically, but, but I think it's um, it teaches you, uh, well, it definitely teaches you resilience physically. But but um, a, a re- there's a code of respect as well, mm. um, you know. Uh, and that's not to say people don't get into fights or anything. But but there is a real, um, a real, like I, I I went overseas and you know you could rock up to any rugby club and and there'd instantly be a like a bit of a brotherhood. Yeah. Um, so. You could go around the world now uh, and do that, and then you'd be, you know, you'd be looked after. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, I've got a question for you. Uh, we were chatting about this earlier, and I, I think you're probably the only person that I'll be able to ask who might give me a close answer. Yeah. I was thinking about this watching the Wallabies and the All Blacks the oh. other day. Yeah, and I wondered for for a Kiwi growing up in Australia, yeah, or, or any Polynesian growing up in Australia. Or growing up in general, you're more than likely going to be supporting the All Blacks. Yeah. And every time you play rugby as a kid, you're just picturing wearing the All Blacks jersey. But if you grow up in Australia and you make it to the top level and you play for the Wallabies mm. and you stand there and you watch the Haka and then you play against the All Blacks. Yeah. I know it's hard for you to answer, but do you think that, that those guys are wholeheartedly like, I'm playing for the Wallabies? Or is there part of them that's like, oh, I wish I was playing for the All Blacks? What do you yeah, think? I yeah, just... you know, it's interesting. Um, you know, I think maybe, I think by the time you get to that point, mm. um, you've probably realised that, you know, there's, um, you, you might have actually, I, I think you would have let let those concerns go, mm. I think. Yeah. Um, by the time you're standing on the line yeah. with your other brothers in arms and the you know, green and gold, mm. um, you know, you, you've accepted that, you know, that's just, that's something that, that is not, yeah, for you anymore. Or, yeah. Well, from an All Blacks perspective. Yeah. Um, but you know the the beauty of it is that, um, you know you you could if you could still qualify for both. I guess going through um, going through the um, the uh, what's the word um, going through the the rep grades and stuff here. Yeah. Um, you know I, I'll always be I guess I'll always be biased because I, I've I've seen. Um, you know the rugby nurseries back home, and it starts from such a uh, a young age. Uh, and it's not even about um, it's not even about a skill thing. I think it's actually a real cultural ingrained into the psyche of our of our nationality. Mm. Um, you know, and we've got the luxury of of not really being that dominant, and in, in you know we don't have um, you know AFL to compete with or. Mm. 
Um, although there's a lot more, there, there are clubs and stuff, and there's a lot more young kids actually coming across to play footy now. Mm. Um, but um, yeah, you know, we're, we've, we've got the luxury of having one dominant game. Um, other than netball, mm. um, you yeah, know, to, to not have much to compete with. Um, so yeah, I think I think by the time you get to that stage, I think you would you would have, um, you know, you'd be at peace with with that. Yeah, I think. And an yeah. honour to play for the Wallabies, of course. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you would have gone through the grades through you know minute like a lot of the guys that you'd be standing in line with. True. So yeah, but you know it would be it would be um, it would still be pretty intimidating, I think, to be standing on the other mm. side of it. So hundred percent. Yeah. Um, all people listening being like, this is meant to be a podcast about like, community <laughs> yeah, services. Yeah, you guys yeah. are just talking yeah, rugby. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But I did, uh, it was an interesting thing that you said before and I think something that's that's um, worthwhile discussing. I feel like uh, one of the common things that's kind of discussed around um, Maori and Pacifica people is identity, mm. uh, especially when you start talking youth justice and, and antisocial behavior and things like that. And you yeah. mentioned earlier and you said... Um, something to the effect of like Maldives learning to be Maldives, but yeah. here in Melbourne or here in Australia. Yep. Um, a lot of the work that you've done sort of in your more recent years has been around working with the community. Um, yeah. Is that your take? Is it that, that young people sort of are struggling with their Polynesian identity and, and fall into traps of, 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 you know, antisocial groups and things like that? Is that sort of your take on things yeah stuff. yeah definitely uh you know and i think i think it, it might actually be a problem for a lot of young people mm. um so so there's definitely a, you know my, my jam my thing is um is cultural identity um you know it's the thing that i kind of live and breathe um and obviously with the work that i've done in our community uh, i can see the 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 need and it's not just young people there's a lot of people that have been here for a long time um they and they're getting to the point where um you know the irony uh, is that you know back home um, in Aotearoa, New Zealand? When you go back home, even if uh, if you're a stranger or you, it's your first time there, the first thing you kind of feel when you get into New Zealand, I mean, you might even get it when you're on the plane because you know it's got the silver fern with the Māori kōru on the on the plane. Is when you walk in, you know, you're greeted by a carved um, gateway with the sound of a Māori culture through the gates at the airport. Um, the culture kind of immerses you straight away. Yeah, it does. Um, yeah, so, you know, and, and and that's been a journey in itself, you know, for our, for our society. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a 72 child, okay, I'm going to admit it. Um, <laughs> you know, and back then that was, there was a real civil rights um, protest movement that really um, carved the, the way for our culture to then become a lot more um, part of the, the system. Um, you know, now you can go to high school, you can go all the way through um, through education, all the way up through to university and do, you know, your master's and your doctorates in language, um, which, you know, that I don't think that's, I think I'm pretty sure that's unprecedented to, through any other First Nations um, people around the world. So um, the irony of that is that now that it's so strong and it's visual, um, you know, the haka is part of it, um, you know, even before the haka, there's um, our multinational anthem that's sung. Um, you know, for people that are here uh, and young people that want to identify with that because they know that's where they come from, mm. um, it can be kind of like a double-edged sword because they see how strong it is, but it kind of it kind of um, uh, shows the distance that they are personally to connecting to that. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it really, you know, we've got a lot of young kids that are here that um, that they're trying to work in both those world, uh, walk in both those worlds of, you know, they look um, Polynesian. They're big, 
Um, you know, they've got Polynesian names, um, but there's a part of them that, that, that knows that they haven't been brought up there. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you get cousins or whatever coming from the islands or from New Zealand. They go, oh, no, you're not, you're not really Samoan. You're not really Māori because you sound like you've got an Aussie twang. You grew up here. Mm. Um, and then, you know, they're trying to fit into the society that, that is, you know, very Western. Um, and they obviously don't look the same as, as you know, the accepted, um, you know, um, Anglo yeah perception so it is a real it's a delicate minefield and i it's not the only reason but but i um you know i'm a real strong believer in in um trying to um give these access ways for young people to connect in whatever way they feel comfortable mm. uh and if they if they use it then it's awesome if not then at least they've got something but you know it's like it could be almost like um for a lot of kids it's almost like um you know teaching them something that's totally foreign to them like mm. trying to teach them Chinese or trying to teach them a different concept that they haven't been brought up in mm. and especially the ones that um, like they come through resi or through child protection um, that they've had the negative um, side of that culture so for them you know all they know is is the real negative stuff mm. um, and they haven't been shown and that's probably generationally you know two three four generations that they actually haven't been shown the real beauty of our culture mm. um so you know that that in itself is a real challenge um you know and i you know beautiful workers with all the best intentions they ring up say i've got this beautiful kid you know um but you know i can see that they're amazing but they've just had a really tough life and you know can i send them to you and 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 i love to you know have a track record where it's 100 percent, but you know everyone's different um and you know just because you know we're 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 coming into a Maori environment, that in itself can be really intimidating for yeah. kids that have either, you know, had the worst of the Maori side, or they they're not used to just even just that um, that real connection. Mm. Now, like our our martial art program, our our weaponry program, we get a lot of um, young kids that get brought down, and um, um, you know, our first thing is to greet and hug, and we do the hongi. And yeah. everyone that comes in the door, everyone hongies each other. Mm. And we repeat it at the end. And it's that connection and it's that respect. Um, but even that for, for a lot of young kids or for some of the kids that have been brought down, even that's really intimidating because mm. they're not used to that, that open affection. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so it's, um, it's a challenge. But, um, but, I, but I, oh, yeah, I'm really passionate about um, that, not just for the Māori or not just for our, our young people's side, but also... The more we promote that, and it's kind of like you know how we at the start we were talking about the, that that we call it a mihi, the greeting, mm -hmm. and how you know to do it it becomes normal. Um, part of it is is the more we we get our kids accepting who they are, then they can then go out and then show the the proper, the real beauty of it, and then you know they they send that to, they go out and they show that really positive side to other communities, and then they actually get to see that oh okay. No, those Maori people—they're not all, you know, all the bad stuff statistics that we hear about. So, but you know, but you know, and then again, you could you could say that about you know a number of different cohorts and communities. So, mm. you are mm. right though. I think there's something very very special about New Zealand, and I think the way you described it then was perfect. And I think for someone who like I, I don't have a, a connection to culture really. Yeah. Um, and then I, when I went to New Zealand, I went when I was really little. I remember enjoying it when I was really little then, but I went back as an adult not too long ago. And it was, I stepped off the plane mm. and I just felt 
accepted, connected. It was, there was such a respect for the land and mm. for the people and everybody was so fucking lovely mm. and they yeah. wanted to teach you and they wanted you to know about culture and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And it was, to feed me, you. I, was, I love to feed you as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and yeah. I'm not a big eater, so I'm just a disappointing <laughs> person in that yeah. sense. But yeah. even that for me, I was like, I just feel like they've really championed this over here and, and mm. I, I, we need to do that here now. We yeah. need to, we need to follow suit. We need to. There's just such a pride for culture mm. over there, yeah. and you know that's what I felt as you know a tourist sort of stepping into, just go hang out on a holiday, and yeah. I love it. Like I I every any chance I get now, I'm like I just want to go back to New Zealand. I love New Zealand. New Zealand's yeah. the best. Blah, blah blah. But you're right. There's just this instantaneous sense or vibe, and I don't know how to explain it, but it's it is it's mm. yeah. Mm. I can't put words to it. It's it's something quite phenomenal that I don't think you can put words to or explain. I think you need to go and experience, yeah, experience it. it. Mm. And yeah. I think that actually plays a lot into cultural things is that you can watch something like, you know, I can watch the hucker and think it's amazing and, and wonderful. Yeah. But being able to experience that yourself as a young person, to be able to reconnect with culture and learn about the hucker or to learn, mm. you know, different specifics for you, it would be quite confronting, but I think it would be pretty all-encompassing like coming home. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, and then we, you know, actually, um, we're probably one of the families that we'd work together on. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we we actually had a model that was um, we had a um, program that I had approved to actually go over, um, take our young kid back to New Zealand, who'd never been back home, just so we could actually spend some time there, so he could be, you know, could find out his roots a little bit more. But mm. unfortunately, there was just a heap of bureaucratic. Um, paperwork that ended up Bullshit. dragging things out yeah, through the immigration part, department and um, yeah we I couldn't hold on to him, he just ended up yeah, I think it took about, even just to get his passport, it took about 14 months so in that time I just couldn't keep him but um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I get it and you know, actually interesting enough uh, I just want to go back to something you said about um, that cultural identity um, you know, not having that culture. That's actually something that we talk about a lot. My good friends, um, I've got some amazing guys that um, are part of this uh, organisation called Mahana, Mahana Culture. Uh, and they, um, their whole jam, their whole reason for being is helping people regardless of their, um, their background, whether they're from an ethnic background or from a core community, uh, from a Western background, is actually um, understanding that we all actually have a culture um, and, you know, sometimes we kind of try and um, compare our our culture, the culture that we have here, mm. whether it's an Aussie culture or an English culture, to um, this idea of, of culture just being specifically for, you know, Māoris or, or that, you know, the, the ethnic sort of backgrounds. Mm. Um, yeah, so, and, and it's such a, I just wanted to touch on that because we, um, you know, I've had, had a number of different presentations where, you know, we'll go in and talk to staff about, you know, um, you know, working with our Pacifica kids, and and that comment will come back. So, you know, how can I, how can I, you know, help you know these kids identify with their culture when I don't feel I've got a culture of my own, mm-hmm. um, and and that in itself is a really interesting journey because you know we carry these, um, we carry the generations that make us who we are. I could um, name my past fifty two generations on my dad's side. Um, wow. You know, you know, so and that because your roots or your where you come from is so, so important in our identity, our cultural identity. Um, that you know, it's um, 
and that and that's uh, but that's been a journey of my own um you know because i didn't grow up in a in a, a affluent well my parents spoke it spoke fluent maori but um but you know we're in that generation where you know their parents um told them not to speak maori because they would get disciplined so they didn't pass that on to us and and then so we we kind of grew up in this little gray area where we were kind of we kind of missed the boat a little bit because after i came out of school that's when the real resurgence and the renaissance of mm. our culture and our language started mm. uh, and there's many of my generation that are like that so um but yeah yeah i just thought i'd you know because it does come up a lot a yeah. lot of people from a um from a western or a, or an aussie background say oh, i don't have a culture though how can i talk to these young kids mm. about culture when i don't feel i've got it so um Mahana, they're the ones. Yeah, so absolutely. Saying, and you've hit the nail on the head because I've had that conversation with young people before talking about connecting to culture or, mm. um, you know, cultural identity. And, um, you know, one of the biggest things in the field is, you know, does the young person have a cultural support plan? You know, that's yeah. the big buzzword that gets thrown around. And yeah. I remember a young person asking me once, well, what's your cultural support plan? And I was like, yeah. I don't know. Good point. And he's yeah, like, well, pe- you person. get one and I'll get one. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know how to help you here. <laughs> yeah. But it's, um, yeah, you know, no, it's, a, and it's a really interesting, and I, so I love having those conversations yeah. because, you know, we, it all just comes down to, um, you know, where do we feel that we feel, where do we have that sense of belonging? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the beauty of what we're doing here now is that, um, the cultural stuff that we've been doing, we've now been able to go into certain schools uh, like down in down in Frankston, um, and and dominant predominantly you know Anglo schools, and actually start doing culturally based um, programs around identity and working with young kids that are from Aussie backgrounds. Yeah. Um, but using but I like to think it's we just come and we're a bit cooler, but mm. we just we're just using maybe using different words, but for the same concepts, you know, respect, belonging, identity. Um, genealogy, you know, where where are you from, you know, who are you, why are you here? Mm. Um, we we put a, a, a cultural aspect to it, but really when you strip it down, they're, they're exactly the same things that any parent or any any young person wants to, regardless of what, you know, where they come from. Mm. Um, so, and again, for me, that actually validates my culture to actually be a part of, of the society today. Yeah. Yeah, so um, those are the... I guess real passionate things that I'm um, really involved in at the moment. So, mm. Mm. and rightly so. I think interesting to touch base on is your new role. Mm. Yeah. That you're doing. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you've you've stepped out of would you say sort of the cultural youth youth worky sort of space. Yep. To a different role with the Victorian Electoral Commission. Yeah, Woo, the BEC, <laughs> which yeah. I feel like we've kind of got the exclusive well, well, on this information. We do, because <laughs> people ask me today, yeah. and people I was talk. like, I'll hit him up. People talk. Everyone's like, "Where's Jeremy Nakora going?" <laughs> yeah. So you heard it here first. Yeah, heard it here first. Yeah, yeah, that's right, people. I am at the VEC. Well, what? Like, I'm just trying to make it really cool, because um, you know, Victorian Electoral Commission. Um, you know, it's a mouthful. It, yeah, it is a mouthful, and it's you know, it's not like saying you know I'm James Bond, you know, something that's really cool. Mm. Uh, um, anyway, but um, yeah, VEC. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, so yeah, I uh, I'm no longer at Frankston City Council anymore. I'm still doing um, community stuff uh, in my part time, um, but um, but yeah, I uh, took on a role as an Aboriginal Inclusion Officer uh, for VEC, which is um, it, it was a bit of a um, a real left shift. Uh, and w- when I got the, sent the job by one of our, our good friends, um, I, I had to I had, admit I had to look at it and go, who? 
what um <laughs> but but the role itself is about um See, and it's if it's a real similar journey to the Maori community and the Maori story about how we've really helped to empower ourselves and you know we're a real part of our identity in New Zealand now. Um, still not perfect, but you know our, our culture is really strong and it's vibrant. Mm. Um, so for me, um, my role is is about trying to have that conversation with our Aboriginal community here um, to be a part of to enrol um, and to be a part of the political process. Uh, which is a massive challenge, and and I saw it, and I thought, and that would be really challenging. Um, luckily, I, I've you know we've been doing a lot, um, not just professionally, but um, through our own cultural um, programs and activities uh, with the Maori, uh, not with the Maori, but with the Aboriginal community here. So we've got a really good um, relationship with a lot of um, key elders and groups here. Um, so yeah, it kind of, it kind of fit. Um, there was something really powerful about it. Um, even though I know it was, uh, it would be very, very hard. I, I just thought, well, it'd be something that would be, if you could be successful at it, it would make a massive difference. And, and I really looked back to, um, my parents' days when they were right in the, uh, in that real activism, um, um, time of, of you know, demonstrating for Māori rights and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, and when political parties were just starting, like Māori political parties and Māori MPs were just really starting to um, to get into um, the political system in New Zealand. So for me, that was, um, uh, when I read that and I remembered my parents, because my parents were, they would go around to all, they were real activists, they would go around to all the rallies, all the demonstrations and you know me as a you know five to ten year old like we just had this real network of you know our own friends that were children of the all and these others, people that yeah. would just go to all these rallies so we had this really little crew and it was, we grew up um as kids of those of those times um so that's always been something that i've been really conscious about um so when this role came up i thought wow that's going to be pretty hard but imagine if we could get um, our Aboriginal people to a point where they, um, you know, started being a part of the process and instead of, I guess, banging on the windows outside, um, you know, demonstrating that, you know, the system wasn't fair, mm. they could actually be in there actually changing it and implementing those changes that they needed. And it's a massive story. It's a massive journey yeah. um, and something that, you know, might not necessarily I might see, but, but if we can start implanting... And especially in the younger generation, um, it would be, yeah, it would be pretty amazing. So, mm. yeah. And I think really interesting because if you hadn't have come here today and told us that that's the role that you were doing within the VEC, yeah. mm. I wouldn't have even thought that something like that would exist. Yeah. yeah. So you, I, sorry, no. No, no, no. You go. I was saying, because you touched on that there's either a lot of Aboriginal people who are enrolled to vote but don't vote. Yeah. Or aren't enrolled to vote. And, and either of those, they're not... Uh, having a say in what's happening yeah yeah yeah, yeah. actually yeah the, um, i i don't know what the numbers are but but there aren't a lot of them that do vote mm. um and uh, and a lot of them that aren't even registered mm. and i guess that goes back to that whole conversation around um you know just the social justice side of um aboriginal rights and and you know the you know we don't have to go into the whole story but you know they um they're still on a um, on a journey of, of not just healing but, but just finding that um, determination for themselves. And I think it's, it's you know, uh, it'll be, 
a long process still um, because it's um, there's there's many many layers um, to be peeled back on that on that trauma, yeah. um, but you know um, a part of it is is you know come and vote you know register to vote but you know there's still not a lot of you know, Aboriginal people in um, like local governments or mm. or state governments or even federal politics to mm. vote for so that's the other that's kind of the next step so yeah yeah big um, a big thing around just uh, you know cultural empowerment uh, and that's um, that's kind of something I'm really you know really passionate about as well so yeah tough job but um, we'll see how we go mm. yeah. yeah absolutely and it's not something that I probably would have thought of and I don't even I'm trying to think how I enrolled to vote I'm pretty sure I was just handed a form they get you in year 12 I reckon yeah I'm pretty yeah. sure it's... I'm pretty sure they just said sign this to, yeah. to vote yeah which yeah. is understandable but that's you know well that's you're if in... you're making it to year 12 though yeah how many and, people complete yeah. BCE nowadays how mm. many people go and do a trade or mm. you know yeah. if you look at some statistics if you're only asking people who are getting to mm. complete their VCEs to enrol to yeah. vote of course there's a whole portion of society that yeah. we are missing yeah. but, but a, a portion of society that also deserve a voice yeah yeah well thinking about a majority of the people that, that we work with that are 17 yeah. turning 18 yeah um, most of them don't go to school. Yeah. So yeah. it's essentially anyone that's turning 18 that doesn't go to school, sort of who's having that conversation and mm. informing it, you know, like mm. that not only that you're signing up to vote uh, so that you have a say, but like explaining the, the whole concept of the political system and how to navigate it. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I admittedly, I'm only learning it now. I'm happy to admit it. It's a bit embarrassing, but I'm only now in my 30s learning like, you know the different sides of parliament and who represents what and that you can sort of you know um read into the different like uh because we recently all had obviously our local elections mm. and i was yeah. like who are all right that's who are these people like yeah. who am i going to vote for because yeah. it actually does mean something and unfortunately yeah i have to admit it's taken me this long mm. um but i think there's lots of people in that position absolutely yeah yeah, just I, not talk. yeah i'm in that position you know that this year and i'll admit it on on you know on this podcast this is the mm. first year i've actually voted for in the new zealand election since i left home yeah. um and uh i know that within our own community there's a lot of people that voted this year um and again for the first time in a long time so uh and i think part of it is that for us um you know they're New Zealand politics is at a is at a really interesting phase. Obviously, Jacinta's come in, done personally, done an amazing job. Um, but um, you know, there's uh, I think a record number of Maori MPs that are in the parliament this time. Mm. You know, so again, that's just that example of you know people will vote if they've got people that they will vote for in there. Yeah. Uh, and ones that still have a really strong cultural mandate to uplift, you know, the community. Mm. Um, and but you know, again, uh, you know, it just comes down to down down to um, people's um, perspective and their priorities. Uh, and I, I don't really know whether young people, whether it's on young people's radars. No, no. We, yeah, you know. And the concept will be, well, why would I enrol to vote? Because I'm just going to get a fucking fine every time I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The government's, you know, the government's anti or corrupt or yeah. they just yeah. don't get young people so yeah oh and yeah. they probably who represents their voice to be fair mm. yeah. um i follow an instagram like side note i follow an instagram this instagram page which is uh, i think it's called tattooed face squad and most of the time it's like some pretty like gnarly people with like yeah. face tattoos and then some of them are kind of like a little like more a little more interesting and things like that 
but they respectfully shared that uh, New Zealand appointed their first um, MP with a yeah. moku. Yeah, 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 for yeah, the first Mokukawa, time. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I think, and Minister, I feel like it's community or culture. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so one um, from the Maori Party, he's got a full facial moku. Oh, okay. Um, and then the, um, uh, the I think she's the Foreign Affairs Minister. Foreign Affairs, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah she's got yeah. the, the moku kauai for our women. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it was yeah, cool. So time. it was kind of funny because they normally, sometimes they make fun of people yeah. who have some really terrible face tattoos. And then, like I yeah. said, they show some that are like kind of neat. But yeah. they respectfully um, celebrated yeah, that, which was that I one. thought was really cool. Yeah. yeah, and I saw that, and I think yeah. she also appointed first openly gay minister as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah she got a real diverse cabinet. Yeah, yeah. It's good on yeah her. she's done some. I mean, there's that many stuff. jokes and social media and things. And can you include us? Like, yeah, can we come yeah, in as well? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, can you be our prime minister? Yeah, yeah. can you be our state premier? Yeah. yeah, it's um, yeah, it's been yeah, it's been interesting. Yeah, it's cool. Do you ever get yeah. you know we talk a lot about culture and obviously New Zealand culture? Do you ever? get pulled back do you feel like you want to live in new zealand again oh look i yeah my mum's my back home um and um yeah look there, there's a part of me that um that would love to go back one day um you know but um but you know we, we've created a, a real strong life here mm. um and you know the beauty of it is that you know we're a three-hour plane ride yeah you know, back right. home yeah. so um, and we have so many connections back home that, you know, I would normally, this is the first year I haven't been back. Um, I went back, actually, no, I lied. I went back at the start of the year um, to get um, some, get my, my legs done, talking about tattoos. Mm. Um, but um, I would normally go back again at least, you know, twice a year at yeah. least minimum. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, it's been um, been an interesting, um, yeah, interesting year so far. But yeah. uh, no, I think uh, we we've got a really cool opportunity to help influence um, society here, mm. and and you know we can still draw off that knowledge of that cultural renaissance that's happening back in Aotearoa, uh, and and use it here, and you know that's then going out into the rest of the world. So mm. yeah. Well, I can but, tell you that you you've said you've created a, a family here and a community here. What you've also created is a very strong reputation for yourself. Absolutely. A lot of people in the community services area in, in the southeast often talk about you. Often, um, if, there's a, if there's a young person that might need some sort of cultural support, um, you're almost always the first person yeah. that yeah. Somebody, somebody mentions. And um, yeah, we thank you for all the yeah. work that you've done. And um, yeah, really beautiful to hear you speak today so passionately about your, your culture and your community um, and sharing it with, with the wider community as well. I think that's something that's really, really special. So yeah, thanks, thanks thank for you. joining us. Yeah. Um, we always bring us an extra question on people right at the end. That's um, true. Go for it. No, I literally just went blank. That's okay. It's been a while. I was thinking about it partway through. You... Oh, if you had any piece of advice or... Um, yeah, words of wisdom for any new and emerging people in the field or uh, people who are thinking of changing career paths. What would your best piece of advice be? Wow. Wow, that is a cool one. You know what you um, should do? Say it in Māori so they, like, it's like, <laughs> it's yeah, like a little trick. Translate it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, no, what was yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Leave them on the edge of their feet. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and they'll just, you know, be rattling off, you know, what I'm going to have really, for dinner. Really, you're just saying Māori swear words. Yeah, 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 yeah. What I'm going to have for dinner and you know, make it sound really profound. Um, uh, no, I don't know. Uh, it's an interesting one. Um, I think if I think part of it is just... just um, yeah, fo follow your passions. I suppose mm. I know it's a bit cliched, but I, uh, I, you know, 
I live and breathe that, I think, every day. Um, you know, going from um, a sales environment where I was just doing it because, you know, it was, it was a lot of fun. But mm. um, once I made that brave step to come into the community, I, I really, things just unfolded and, and everything that's kind of happened to me since then has just brought me so much happiness and, and um, felt so rewarded. Um, so, yeah, I think... Um, and I and I remember uh, I say that because uh, you know we had a pretty big conversation um, with my wife at the time about going away from that sales environment and taking a step into the social stuff because mm. um, it was a big financially it was a big decision and um, and it it would mean you know commitment to being open to everybody mm. uh, which it is and you know uh, you know it's kind of like that you know twenty four hours a day you know you can get phone calls or messages from people needing help and that's. Yeah that's the, the payoff or that's the thing that you accept um, but yeah but I wouldn't trade it um, you know I, I, and they say you know if you're doing what you love then you're not working a day in your life whatever and, and, yeah. and that's yeah there's a there's a heap of truth to that so I, I have been really fortunate to have um, there's so many amazing people I've met um, so many cool people that I've helped uh, and you can't um, get paid enough for that stuff you know so yeah just just follow your passions. Um, don't get um, sucked into doing stuff just mm-hmm. because people think that's where you need to be. So, mm. yeah, I think that's probably it. I love that. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Thank yeah. I do love mm. that. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, you're welcome. It's been Thank a really you. cool conversation. Yeah, it's been awesome. I appreciate Thank you it. very much. Mm. Thanks for listening to another episode of Knowledge on Tick. Please like and share the podcast, invite your friends and colleagues into the group and get in touch if there are any guest speakers you'd like to hear from or any topics you'd like covered. Take care and enjoy your week.